0: 264 a chess podcast i am david coming at you live as always from copenhagen denmark my guest today is twitch streamer and fellow podcaster ladies and gentlemen please welcome uh wfm Davina Devagarin.
1: thank you so much it's a pleasure to be here and when i got the message to be on your show i was really excited so thank you for having me
0: welcome to the show very glad to have you um and uh yeah i'm i'm I watch your streams every now and then, and I was like, yeah, it's time to get a." So I love getting streamers on the show. Uh, so you know, it's always it's always a pleasure to host you guys. So um, yeah, how's life? I know you were you're doing some commentary recently for K to Twelve National Championships, right? So um, like I it. actually
1: went there to help Jen Shahadi out at her girls' club. So I wasn't doing commentary, but I was uh, helping her out. Um, and it was it was really fun. It was my first time seeing her in person. So it's kind of like you look up to her since I was like a kid, and it's like it's actually her in person. So that was That's really crazy. cool yeah
0: uh jen shahadi is a friend of the pod actually he's been on here twice probably will do it again um very very sweet person uh i'm sure Mm -hmm. she's even sweeter in person um yeah but so uh, for some reason i thought you did commentary for something am i crazy
1: um i did commentary for dina belenkaya's tournaments on twitch with uh, jesse like a couple weekends ago but that was a a saturday thing yeah
0: i remember that yes (laughs) how did that go
1: that was actually really fun it was my first time doing like public commentary um and i i love jesse a lot so it was like a great combo and it was a very long game but it was really interesting and a great experience so
0: this is dina balancaya and uh jesse february
1: yeah so so dina was the one playing um and jesse and i did commentary for round one
0: uh dina and jesse have also both been on this podcast yeah, Fun I feel like you've gotten
1: uh, <laughs> you've gotten like almost everyone. Yeah,
0: I haven't played. I'm the Thanos of uh, of uh, streamers, <laughs> but we got you. And uh, this is really exciting. I'm really happy to have you. So I guess uh, we'll just uh, we'll get right into it. First of all, um, while we were preparing for this, you told me that you have a podcast. I was yeah. wondering if you could talk about that a bit more, because, you know, I'm a podcaster. Uh, you are too. So there's, you know, shared, uh, shared connection there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I started up around September and Um, it's kind of a mental health podcast. It's called honest vibes only. And I started it because um, last summer, a lot of life changes happened and navigating adulthood as an almost 21 year old is not very easy. Um, And I wanted to tie in a lot of the struggles I go through in my daily life um, to trauma I went through when I was a kid um, and also just simply how to navigate adulthood in general. Um, So I kind of, I try to upload about once every couple weeks or so every three weeks. Um, but whenever I kind of have a passion for a specific topic or something I've been struggling with, I just talk about it and, uh, it's been going well. My, my community likes it and I I enjoy talking. So uh, it works out well.
0: Do you, is it a place for your host guests or is it more of a personal thing where you just kind of rant into the, like how you're feeling?
1: So it's a lot of just me. Um, I, I was supposed to have a guest on there. My first ever guest. And unfortunately there's technical difficulties. So I'm open to having guests on there, but for the most part it is just me. Um, But I'm hoping to expand that in the future.
0: Um, When you record the podcast, another thing I wanted to ask is, um, are you live on stream when you do it or is it just kind of separate?
1: No, it's, it's separate. Um, I kind of just do it off stream all the time. um, And I, I save my daily rants for, for my Twitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how many episodes have you done?
1: Um, I've only done around seven, um, I believe, because I started in September, but I didn't get too consistent with it until like winter. Um, so it's it's a definitely a slower podcast in terms of uploads, but I sometimes I re-record it, I want it to sound good and I want to make sure I am trying to put out, you know, what I want to say, how I want to say it. So sometimes it takes retakes. A lot of times I'm really busy with life. So I do it whenever I can though.
0: So I'm wondering now, like, what, what is um, what's the hard, what's the hardest thing? Like, I guess it's your first podcast. Like, what's been the the biggest challenge towards like making a podcast in your opinion?
1: Um, it's kind of just honestly gauging if people enjoy it because my topics are quite deep, and so I I never want it to be too much for people. Um, but what I've kind of learned is to just kind of put out the content that I enjoy and that I. Feel like will help others, um, and I'll kind of attract that audience. And a lot of it is just from my community, anyways. That's how majority of people listen to it. So if they enjoy it, I go off of their feedback, and um, that's great. And I, I kind of do one takes with my podcast. I don't really edit them, um, so that's kind of been an interesting thing to navigate as well.
0: Yeah, uh, editing a podcast uh, is, is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Definitely. Uh, I, yeah. I. I. I hope people don't notice that I. I actually do a lot of editing myself. Um. But I. You try to like make it feel like you're not editing. You know. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. As natural as it can be.
0: Exactly. Um. Yeah. Um. I guess. Uh. The, you know. The main thing I know you from is from Twitch streaming. Um. But I actually don't know much. I mean, I've just I've seen you get rated a couple of times, and you know, I've I don't know, I've watched your streams. I watch like I try to watch a bunch of streams. i just know like who, who are the who are the characters in the you know chess yeah. streaming world. Um how did you get started with chess, first of all, and then how did you get started with streaming?
1: So I started playing chess when I was about eight or nine years old. Um, and I was a competitive player until I was about 17. And I actually grew to really have a toxic relationship with the game. Um and I ended up quitting, and I actually never thought I would actually come back to the game. Um, But then when the pandemic hit, I think it was around April or May, um, some of my friends were trying out streaming and they were introducing me to the Twitch world that I didn't really know about. Um, They're like, why don't you try streaming when your semester was over? So I just kind of started it and it was kind of just a fun way for me to just kind of have fun with my friends at the time. I didn't really think too much into it. Um, but then I, and I was really shy and I didn't really know how to speak in front of like a camera with no other face there and just usernames and a chat. Like I didn't know how the whole thing worked, um, but I eventually grew to really like it. It gave me a pastime, especially in the dead middle of COVID and I just kind of stuck with it. And then it also became, I started teaching and it became my job. So now it's basically like my career um, started up in teaching in December, 2020, and streaming kind of was taking off then and um yeah it's kind of how it, I got back into the game and how it started
0: have you uh overall have you enjoyed the return to the game
1: yes i have um i feel like now that i'm an adult and i've returned to the game i don't have that external pressure that was always set on me and that's really what made me really hate the game Um, and now that i don't really have that and it's just me and i can just enjoy it and there's no pressure that i have to play a tournament within a certain time frame there's no certain number that i have to hit um i've definitely been enjoying it more
0: and um like just for my for my listeners who might be interested so your your twitch handle is twitch.tv slash twitch Go, right and um you recently became partner congratulations thank you very very nice um yeah that's a that's a it's a huge huge it's a huge milestone to actually to hit so I, i hope you're i hope you're you're proud of yourself it's a lot of hard work and and dedication um i guess just for my listeners who may be new to your uh You know your brand of streaming like what what is it exactly what's the kind of vibe on your stream like what do you do on stream
1: my vibe is very very chill um so sometimes i do educational stuff a lot of times i'm just either playing viewers or playing in the pool trying to improve my reading sometimes we do tactics obviously collabs um and a lot of it's just i like that interaction a lot with my community so a lot of it is um just chilling and and talking to to chat so
0: would you say that chess is uh can be relaxing?
1: I would say I would say so. I think with online chess, you have to kind of differentiate off-stream versus on-stream um because off-stream you can, you know, you can really grind, you can just focus, you don't have to worry about interacting with the community. Um but on-stream you kind of want to transition out of that because you don't want to just be playing and then you know, you finish a game after like five, ten minutes, and then you read chat, right? It's that doesn't really work with the engagement. So, I don't worry about the results on stream. Um, a lot of tilting happens, um, but but yeah.
0: A lot of tilting happens. That's yeah. uh, but that's you don't need to be a streamer to get tilted. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have you been streaming for? So you said so you said uh, I was like at the start of the pandemic. So you must be approaching like close to two years.
1: Yeah, I actually just hit two years May twelfth. So.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's like literally like two years plus some change.
1: Exactly. Yeah, literally like four days ago, I hit mm-hmm. my two years. So that was that was a crazy milestone too. A lot of milestones happened in the past like month, which is pretty cool.
0: Was there um like what's uh you've been doing this for two years? So like what's what's like the biggest thing that has happened on your stream that you're like really proud of?
1: Ooh, um, I would say just how big the community has grown. Um, I was able to do collabs with people I've looked up to since I was a kid like for example Eric Rosen um, I've like known about him for so long and to finally like talk to him and have a collab with him is pretty cool um, and in in terms of like other community milestones within like the sub community we crossed like a thousand subs which is like absolutely insane Um, recently so those are all different things that kind of pop out to me in terms of milestones
0: a thousand stops that is really crazy yeah that's amazing yeah um yeah you have a very relaxing voice too i should say oh <laughs> thank you yeah
1: i yeah. i get the um female eric rosen quite a lot but he's still he's still like number one i think in terms of i think him. that's uh, eric rosen
0: <laughs> is just like unbeatable like in, yeah. in terms of that uh but no but i i now that you now that you say that i actually hear it a lot like, uh, the comparison. I, I
1: take that as a really big compliment, though, to be compared to him in any way.
0: Yeah. Um, you said you did a collaboration with Eric?
1: Yeah, we've um, we collabed a few times now. I think we did one where it was, like, a match. We've done one where we did, like, hand and brain against people. Um, and then I think we did one where it's, like, odds matches against viewers. So... They've all been really fun, and it's really nice to talk to him. He's he's really chill as well, so the vibe kind of works out. On him. The
0: calmest, the like <laughs> literally the calmest uh, Twitch streams in history, probably. <laughs> it's like an ASMR stream almost, because every streams <laughs> can even be ASMR, like
1: yeah, for sure. In
0: the best way possible. Like I remember, like in the pandemic and like the year before the pandemic, like those when I first was getting into chess, like Eric Rosen videos like they would help me fall asleep i mean not to say that his brand of chess is boring at all which is not but it's just his voice is so soothing like, even if i wasn't interested in putting on a chess video i would just put on air girls and then they're right. really good chess videos too yeah. uh, <laughs> do you do youtube stuff as well
1: um, I do my YouTube. I I don't post on it that much. Um, it's the same as my Twitch, but I post educational stuff on there sometimes. Sometimes random vlogs, like when I travel. Um, I've been trying to do that more, but I'm trying to get into more content creating outside of Twitch this year. So that's kind of my goal to try to grow those.
0: Now, why why are you trying to diversify? beyond Is it just the, like growing the brand, or is or are you, because I know that like a lot of streamers lately have been leaving Twitch actually. Uh, um, I don't know if that's something that you that you like are worried about let's say
1: um not really like i still always prefer twitch but i like to i love to get into more editing and learn about editing and i love to do vlogs like daily vlogs or like those tiktok you know like one minute day in my life without any voiceover um and i'm really into that stuff so it's even before like i got into the stuff it's stuff i wanted to learn about so um it's just like a nice hobby and it helps me learn editing skills, which I think is going to be really useful in the future. So,
0: Yeah. That's, uh, the, that's really the one thing that, because I've talked about on this podcast, so I also want to move the podcast to video mm-hmm. and video editing is really hard. It is like, yeah. it's crazy hard. It takes so much time. Um, and it's like one of these things that just, I don't know. I was actually, I was, when I was talking with Anish Giri earlier today and he was talking about how people make streaming look a lot easier than it really is. And mm-hmm. how like all the stuff behind the scenes, like the thumbnails and all that, like, you don't really understand how much work that is. And that's definitely true. Like, with like, when you are like, okay, I need to make like a, uh, I, I, you know, you want to take like a clip from stream and make it into a nice video. But it's like, you could just upload the clip or whatever, or you make a nice thumbnail or you make mm-hmm. the intro. Okay. Thanks for watching. uh Please subscribe. And when you put all that other stuff together, but that's like a ton of work, like, yeah. so much work.
1: Like, I'm really new at this, but just to give an idea, like, I tried to make like a, it turned out to be like a one minute and 50 second ish day in my life just with clips. And it took me almost like two hours to just edit it. Cause I had to figure out how to use the app that I wanted to use, how to put together, edit parts, put music. And it was like so much goes behind it. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess another thing I wanted to ask you about is um, you know, you, so you, you were talking about like, I guess your relationship with the game, how it's changed um are you trying to become more active tournament player you know especially now that the pandemic is kind of like easing up and stuff or is it more of like you don't really care about kind of stuff anymore
1: um i do have hopes to go back to otb because if there's any goal that i have related to my chess, it's to improve my fide rating growing up i never really had the opportunities to play in fide rated tournaments so my fide is really low um so that would be something that I'm a little bit self-conscious about so I would want to improve that Um, but I also don't really want to rush it because I have a lot of emotions towards going back and playing on TV even if it's just blitz you know for fun I still get really anxious and really nervous and think about stuff in the past so um, I want to work on that and get in a better routine with you know streaming and content creating and and coaching before I add on something else to the plate because I want to be able to study a lot more before I go back to.
0: And you, you, you didn't mention also that you, so you were coaching at Jen's girls camp, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you do private coaching as well?
1: Yeah. Private coaching is my main job. Um, And streaming is my second job. Uh, Yeah. I still, I still do take some students. I, I mainly teach adults and I have some kids, but for the most part, my audience is adults.
0: I'm just asking because I may have listeners who would be interested in having, having some of you as a coach, perhaps. Um. Yeah. I so. I don't. I was just wondering if you were accepting students. So, guys, there you go. Uh. <laughs> there's a, some. Hopefully, some positive advertising. Um. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, what kind of stuff do you do as a coach?
1: Um. Well, I do like game analysis. I help with openings, positional playing games. Honestly, anything. Um. Sometimes I do group lessons with students, and I try to pair them based off of level. Um, Or sometimes I have bigger group lessons where we all get together to either, you know, play a certain position and then analyze it. um, Or we work on, you know, how to maybe study an opening or, you know, anything like that, depending on the level. Um, So I really do anything. It just depends on the student, what they want from me, how often they want lessons from me. And I I just try to gauge my material based off of what they want.
0: Yeah. So you do coaching, you do streaming, you podcast, you got a little bit of everything going on. Um, I guess I'm wondering, like. Where do you want your, you know, content creation to go next? Like, what's your vision for, you've been doing this for two years, let's say, as like a public chess personality. Like, what are you hoping in two years from now? Where do you hope to be?
1: So I would say two years ago, I had college on my plate. Um, I was not living alone um, and adulthood hadn't really hit me yet. So I never could really put enough time or effort into, streaming or any other platform I had. And now that I don't really have, now that I have um, college off my plate, but I have adulting on my plate and I'm trying to figure that out, um, I'm really just trying to grind as much as I can the next couple of years. I'm not trying to put exactly specific statistical goals um, on my plate when it comes to what I would like, but I just generally like to grow my community. I'd like to improve on my content because I feel like I haven't had too much time to dedicate to improving that or coming up with unique content. So that's something that I'm really trying to get into and also just trying to get into a better upload schedule. So I'm trying to come up with goals like that and then kind of see where it grows rather than, you know, I want to hit, you know, 10K subs on YouTube or, or whatever that is within a couple of years, so.
0: Yeah, I also think that like, the, I don't know, in general, I at least for myself, like even beyond chess or podcasting or whatever, I don't really like to set concrete goals like that either. Cause Mm -hmm. I think, you know, very often life gets in the way and things don't happen the way you want to. And it's very easy to get demotivated rather than to look at any kind of growth as a, as a good thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, what is the hardest thing about streaming for you? Cause everyone has a different answer when I ask them this.
1: Um, for me, I would just say I doubt myself a lot. Um, for example, because I have a really chill vibe, I have a very bad habit of comparing myself to a lot of people Um, and it's not bad to compare yourself to people, but I feel like I do it in a negative way to myself. I'm like, oh, this person has a way more upbeat personality or, oh, they do crazy dares on stream or, you know, something like that. And I I don't really do any of that stuff. So I was wondering, am I too boring as a streamer? Um, Do you have to have a certain personality to make it as a streamer? And is my content too boring? Um, And that's always been the biggest challenge for me my community is really good with reassuring me that you know you do you and that's something that I'm trying to always remind myself because when I started streaming I always told myself you know I'm always just gonna just be me on stream and um, never drift too far from from this kind of personality so that's always been the hardest part for me and I'm still overcoming that you know Um, but yeah that would be my answer for that one
0: What's the easiest part about streaming for you? Because you've been doing it for two years.
1: Oh, the easiest part is honestly just interacting with chat. Um, At first, again, like I mentioned, I didn't really know how to do that. Um, And it was kind of weird from like, what do I talk about? You know, and if the chat isn't moving really um, too fast, like, what do I say to bring in that interaction? Um, And these days, I, I find it a lot more easier than I did two years ago. I'm not perfect at it at all um but i definitely have improved and you know i'll either talk about something that happened in my day or ask them questions or if they're talking about something i'll ask them how they're doing and kind of make sure that each person feels like you know they're getting that attention from me and that i want to learn more about them um and i really enjoy that especially with you know pandemic still going on like there's not that much in real life interaction so i really do treasure those moments
0: now you're you're in america right yes yeah so um yeah, I mean America has been interesting with with uh OTB chess because it's kind of like when when the pandemic happened, obviously everything closed. But then there are like there were clubs like in places that were just kind of open like from last like June or whatever, like even like during the heart of the like when the pandemic was really bad even like before vaccines mm-hmm. there were still like opportunities to play over the board chess. And I don't really know uh I mean I haven't been in America like in a very long time, like almost a year at this point. I mean I was back for a little bit in December, but basically I haven't lived uh, in America since like August, so I don't even know what like OTB chess is kind of looking like. Have you played in any OTB events like in the last two years?
1: Um, my last OTB event was in 2019, I believe, or 2018 or 2019. So I haven't, but I have like traveled to some or at least known people that have. Um, and I'd say the scene is definitely getting back for sure. Um, I know some tournaments require masks still and others don't so it really just depends on how big of a tournament it is i think
0: yeah and did you when you like go so for example when you were at this uh like gen Jihadi's camp like maybe you could talk a little bit more about what, what that was like because the girls camps the, the generons they're there for like a couple of days right it's like uh
1: yes um it was there for the whole weekend that the tournament was going on and um i was the main helper there and i think epiphany and the others came in and out and um on one particular day, I think it was Saturday. Um, Basically on Friday, I think Jen and I did a tandem simul, which was really cool. It was my first simul that I ever did. And of course, to do it with someone you look up to for the longest time, I was like, I was like kind of fangirling inside. Um, But that was really cool. I got to meet a lot of girls from, you know, all over the country, all different ages, um, all different levels. It was really cool. And then I did a lot of game analysis, on Saturday. Saturday was all like game analysis, like the whole morning and afternoon. Um, And then in the later afternoon, we did a content roundtable, which was really unique, um, where, you know, Epiphany, I, Karen, and Luciana, we all sat with Jen. And um, a lot of people in the audience could ask us questions. And we talked about, you know, how we basically make a living off of chess, um, what we do, different ways to make money through chess online these days. um, And that was really cool. And I believe after... Um, I think we just hung out a little bit more and then on Sunday we were kind of closing up. So, um, it was a really cool experience to, to meet all those people there.
0: I think for you, it's, it's especially cool that maybe one of the girls over there will look up to you as like their Jen. you know? Yeah. I, really I thought special. that was
1: always really special. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do, do you, uh, I, what do you think was, the, was like the best part about the camp all in all?
1: Um, I honestly thought the round table was really cool, just because it was a unique idea to do, um, but also just because a lot of people really enjoyed it and were asking questions and to see people engaged, that means, you know, that they're interested. Um, and we each had, you know, different viewpoints, things we agreed on, different aspects we could bring to how we do make a living off of chess. Um, and it was really cool to hear everyone's standpoints because we're all different ages. We're all in different parts of life. So we can all come together over chess is really a great thing.
0: Yeah, and, and now that now that I have heard more details about this event, and um, I think there's another thing that's really special about that, which is that, you know, let's say when people talk about like women in chess in America, let's say, they always say that there are, oh, there aren't that many women in chess, right? But here you guys were able to, you know, Jen was able to organize with a bunch of people from different walks of life in chess to sit down and have a whole conversation with like in a girls only camp, basically. So, I mean, these kinds of, you know, it is possible really um, if the chess world wants to kind of give more visibility to the women that are in chess. And um, I think it's it's great that that uh, that you we, it's great that the chess world has someone like Jen Shahadi, but I also think that it would be great if there are more camps like that like around the world, you know. Yeah,
1: for sure. She's definitely done a great job at it. And this is also something that I'm really passionate about too. And I think a lot of, you know, female friends, I know are really passionate about it too. And we, we try to do our best. And I think streaming definitely was a platform to help that a ton Um, like you see a lot of the bigger female streamers they do a great job as well so um, there's a lot of potential and and uh i know a lot of things are kind of going back in person but with the chess and the online boom with it i really hope we can still carry it further and make more opportunities happen
0: when you when you're streaming like uh, do you have a sense of what percentage of your viewers let's say are female
1: um I don't actually I, I'm sure there's statistics to check that. Um, I know a lot of f- female viewers lurk because I get messages from them um, off stream. They're not too much chatters. Um, but I do have some chatters that are that are female that I know of. Um, but yeah, it it, it honestly just kind of depends on on the day, honestly, who's there?
0: i have to apologize because i am actually well I'm, I'm i guess i have an account so but i am kind of a lurker <laughs> in most twitch chats i'm not we
1: we appreciate all the lurkers yeah
0: <laughs> we bring those numbers up but um, uh, i think there's only you know what's even funny is actually talking about with my with my friend lula um mm-hmm. lula robs yeah uh, i had her on the podcast a couple months ago that's actually how we became friends um and uh I kind of admitted to her that aside from like CACW, I don't actually know what any of the emotes mean because <laughs> like, I don't have like, like better TTV enabled or my so I just kind of like guess that and like Omega oh, lol, I'll know like what they look, but I don't actually know <laughs> what any of these things look like. So I will just like, kind of say emotes at the wrong time. And I've, I've noticed that this is a problem. So like, except for like, you know, whatever, like the two, three channels I kind of watched like religiously with chess, like I don't really chat at all. I kind of, am just like sitting like for an hour or two and just like kind of watching and see what happens, like playing marbles on somebody's stream. Let's say, then I'll like, I'll go do a victory lap if I win marbles or something, which happens, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then do you do marbles on stream?
1: <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to branch out a little bit more into variety. Um, I think we had a sub goal to do code names. So that's going to be something I it's actually fun. don't even know how to play code names. Code names so a really
0: like fun that. game. It's a really fun game.
1: Yeah. Um, but I do want to branch out into that stuff. Um, but, but yeah, like I'm honestly the same. Like I, I'm don't really have too much time to really watch Twitch these days. Um, But if I ever do, I'm just lurking as well. And, you know, doing work in the background, you know, trying to support friends. Um, And yeah, lurkers are, uh, are what make up a lot of the community. So
0: <laughs> do you have like a, do you what, like when you mention your community, do you have like a, like a discord as well and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, I do have a discord actually named it or I didn't name it, but um, I have the profile picture of uh, Michael Scott because I'm a big Office fan. Mm -hmm. So whenever you join a Discord channel has like the icon and mine is Michael Scott and I called it Les Goville because honestly, this is actually a good way to clarify this. My Twitch username actually does not have any meaning um, because a lot of people always ask me, why did you come up with your name as Twitch Go? And honestly, I never thought I would use Twitch so I came up with a random username one time because a friend asked me to follow them. And now it's actually become like my branding. So <laughs> it's it's a pretty funny story.
0: Have you thought about changing it? or? Is it-
1: yeah, I have. It's just I really just don't know what exactly I would change it to. Um, so I, I, I always think about that, but I don't know. And I feel like a lot of people know me by that name now. So to change it, it would be pretty confusing. So mm-hmm. I thought about it maybe someday, but for now, I'm just going to make the best of, uh, of this seasoning.
0: Yeah, 100%. Are you still in university? You mentioned doing work.
1: Um, no, I'm not. I took a break my junior year of college, and I still haven't gone back yet. Mm-hmm. So streaming and teaching kind of picked up, and I, I wanted to give it the chance to see where it goes, and I kind of needed a break from university, so it kind of worked out good timing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's no rush either. I feel like in mm-hmm. America, like, this, people are always like, oh, you need to graduate by 22. You have to. It's yeah. It's kind of, like, not true at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I feel like a lot of people are learning about careers that don't require you to really go through college. Um, Obviously, a degree is great, but there are different options out there. And I've been kind of, you know, looking into those options more like what I'm doing now. And I like it. And it's keeping me sustained. So I want to keep at it and, you know, see where it goes.
0: I'm sure it's only great places from here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hope
0: so. Now just a couple more questions. I, I did want to ask you a little bit about um, your chess. Uh, uh, you know, I've watched some of your streams, like, you know, late night blitz and stuff like that. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you have a very kind of balanced uh, repertoire in terms of what you like to play. Um, um,
1: yeah. I, so for white, I'm a D4 player. I've been a D4 player almost my entire life. Um. And for black, um, I do Cairo Khan and I used to do Scandi a lot. And I bring that back just because it's like something easy to play. Um, but I've been experimenting with Sicilians because I used to play the Sicilian when I was younger. Um, but obviously all my theory and knowledge is outdated by this point And I don't remember a lot of it. And I think the fun thing about playing on stream is I can always experiment. So with Black, it always varies. Against D4, I like the Queen's Gambit declined um, but again, I also experiment with that a lot. So my Black is not set set, but mm-hmm. I am more familiar with some openings than others.
0: name is a great opening if you want to just chill, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really, that's like one of or the Karakon, like Exchange Karakon is like, these are like these kinds of, like uh, to the degree that sometimes I'll kind of fall asleep at the wheel. Like right. uh, if I'm playing Exchange Caracon, Uh <laughs> I get like,
1: a lot of hate for playing the on stream. It's, it's more like, you know, tough love hate like they're always making fun of me for playing it but i mean i i don't i don't know i don't see anything wrong with it you know
0: <laughs> but my, my what i would say about like the Scandinavian is if like if the official name of the Scandinavian was like the accelerated carol for example because it's basically what it is like if you don't mm-hmm. play queen a5 um like would it get as much hate i don't think so
1: i don't think so either
0: I think have you had be- john
1: bartholomew on the podcast yet
0: no. And, uh, <laughs> not only have I not had him, I've actually invited him three times and mm. I've gotten a three extremely nicely worded emails saying he can't, um, just cause of time commitments and whatnot. So I'm hoping someday it'll happen. Um, I literally, I'll, I'll, I will actually say that, um, that Queen D8 Scandinavian course on chessable, um, mm. like, I guess what's I would have to say basically changed my life, um, in a, in, in a way, like if you think about the butterfly effect. If I had never bought that course, I don't think I would be sitting here like doing a podcast with you right now, because it's like, I bought that course and then that course, like I had a coach, but over the pandemic, it kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Then like that course alone made me gain like maybe 300 rating points online. Just studying that and getting really good at that opening, like Queen d Scandinavian. Then maybe want to get a coach. I got a coach and then I started to play the Khan and after the Karakan, I kind of, you know, I got into like into chess Twitter because I, I, the, and like it's like kind of all that stuff. But basically, if I had never bought John Bartholomew's like Queen d8 Scandinavian Course, I don't know that I would have done a chess podcast. I'm sure I still would have been very positive about chess and like involved and stuff, but I don't know if I would have gone as deep into like the chess rabbit hole as I've gone like in the last two years. So I think that's pretty funny.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know he's a really busy guy, but if you're able to get him on one day, I think that's going to be like a really special episode to to talk to him.
0: Yeah, because his uh, and also his YouTube videos, like, uh, you know, using the time as a weapon, like using the clock as a weapon and like these things where he like climbing the rating ladder, like those series, I mean, some of the most well done chess content on the Internet. Like you can watch episodes from like five or six years ago when like nobody was really making content like mm-hmm. that. And it's still like in terms of quality is still like above like 99 percent of chess content on the Internet. Like it's it's really mar- remarkable. He was ahead of his time. Obviously, he helped create Chessable. Mm-hmm. um and i think that's just kind of a testament to i think where where he he saw like online chess going um so yeah i mean i have a lot of respect for john bartholomew that's and awesome. uh eric Rosen too is another guy who's been doing this for like uh you know he's been doing the youtube stuff for a long time yeah um i think he I,
1: hit like five years right on um, on youtube recently yeah yeah
0: that's before like i before levy before hikaru it was before mm-hmm. everybody really is it's crazy yeah um and, Donnie you know, also
1: has really good instructive videos too that he's been doing for a long time.
0: That, that's another guy I've been trying to <laughs> trying to get on. <laughs> he he, I emailed him in uh, in August or something, and I said, "Hey, you want to come on?" And then he again sent me a very nicely worded email saying, "Yes, we have some time. Let's find some time between X and Y. I sent some dates, never got a response. Oh, so no. um,
1: you have to try again, I guess.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh I am trying, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, I think like. You know, there's just so much great content on uh, on YouTube for improving, and it's uh, it's really it's really incredible. Not just YouTube on the internet too, like t- between streams, chessboard courses, YouTube videos, books you can like, you know, find online or whatever. There's so much you can just do to like improve and improve and improve.
1: There's so many online resources out there these days that were never there when I was kind of growing up with chess, um, and I know it was i say that as if i'm like you know a lot older than i am but like you know i started like about 12 years ago and um it's crazy to see how much info is out there these days for free like even just simply youtube videos were not there when i was learning and the amount of content you can it's overwhelming you know Um, but it's so easily accessible for anyone that wants to even get into chess it's like all laid out there for them
0: so what you weren't doing crazy engine prep with uh, with Fritz back in uh, two thousand nine two? I
1: actually was. I played Fritz a lot. I I was never heavy into the whole engine analysis though, um, but I remember the good old days with Fritz. And I think he could um, he could talk great. Right? He could turn on the and he could trash talk and his <laughs> yeah, that's so it was good. Uh,
0: like any future version of Stockfish, I think that would be a real uh, you know a real treat. I think if you can get like your favorite Twitch streamer to trash talk you like while they're playing. Oh, That'd yeah, someone
1: needs to make that.
0: That would be maybe a good feature, like on, you know, chess.com has, like, you can play the streamers and stuff.
1: hmm yeah. But I'm not
0: sure, would you trash talk someone if you were offered, like, I, are you a trash talker? No,
1: <laughs> I I cannot trash talk at all.
0: <laughs> you don't seem like a trash talker.
1: For me, I, I pretty much trash talk myself. So <laughs> it would just be self-deprecation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... uh yeah I don't know that that's like that's like just like Eric Rosen too like I don't think I've ever heard Eric uh, Rosen trash talk somebody on stream before yeah Uh,
1: I I haven't either
0: (laughs) maybe there's always a first maybe you play me in a viewer arena. you have my permission to trash talk as me as much as you want no (laughs) (laughs) no I I can be
1: offered like money to do it even and I would not do
0: it (laughs) yeah yeah I but I you know does like a chess improvement is that something that like matters to you like as a, as a goal or is it just kind of like like I guess what I'm trying to say is I do think there's a difference between quote unquote chess improvement and just like you know learning more about the game let's say um do, do, do you know what I mean like there are people who have improvement as a goal like what we were saying mm-hmm. before about milestones like I want to hit 2,000 by 2024 or whatever like that's like mm-hmm. an improvement goal whereas like Maybe just learning and like like learning and investing yourself in the game is more like you know oh here's a book I want to I want to read and like I want to understand this pawn structure and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's different levels to that. Um, I think a lot of people have you know rating goals or title goals or winning a specific tournament um, or whatever like those concrete milestones, and they also have improvement just in terms of okay I want to do this amount of tactics each day. I want to be able to read this book or I want to get a coach take my Um, studying to the next level Um, and i would say for me the thing that keeps me wanting to improve is the fact that i want to be a good teacher for my students and i want to make sure that i have new material for them i want to make sure that i understand the material that i want to teach them if they want to learn a particular opening that i'm not as familiar with i want to make sure that i know enough about the opening so i'm not giving them false information um, or, you know, knowing certain ideas whenever I can. So that's definitely what motivates me. Um, so I also am kind of like that where I have a concrete milestone of, you know, I'd like to get my, my free rating up to a specific number, maybe one day go for a, a better title. Um, I don't have concrete goals like that, but that would just be, you know, an idea or two. Um, but for the most part, that is what drives me to, to learn each day.
0: So it's your students that drive you to learn more than anything.
1: Yeah, because I want to be a good teacher for them. And I think through doing that, that will also get me more ready for whenever I go back over the board. Um, So it's it's mainly them because I want to be able to, you know, keep hopefully being a good teacher. Um, But I do also want to improve my chess at the same time. So it goes hand in hand.
0: You know, a lot of people have also said that, you know, coaching has helped them become better players. Have you felt that's the case with you?
1: Um, yeah, I, I definitely think so, because sometimes I'll be learning something for a student that I don't really play. And then in a blitz game, I'll try it out and I'll remember something from them that I learned. And I'm like, oh, I can apply this here or um, what tactics like I think through coming up with different calculation exercises for them to learn. My puzzle rush actually increased like a lot. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much these things correlate, but it 100 percent definitely has some correlation to it and it's definitely helped me a lot so yeah
0: i guess um the last question i'll ask you this is a this is an old 64 podcast classic um that uh, i haven't i haven't really asked in a long time uh but i'm gonna ask you anyway because you said you've been doing coaching and stuff like that um and i haven't really had someone who's done like coaching on my show in a long time um at least as far as i know Mm -hmm. um so this is like an like oldie but goldie for my long-time listeners. Um, and this is, what, this is what I used to ask a lot. It was like, if you had like one opening that you had to teach someone, or like just one opening to recommend to someone of like all levels, basically, like what would you pick and why?
1: Oh, okay. That's a tough question. Um, I would say...
0: Hmm. I used to phrase this as the... like, um, like, what's your favorite opening? So if you want to do that, like...
1: Yeah, I was going to go with the four pawns um, against the kid because that has been probably my pet opening. I have a ton of success with that. um, And I I, I feel like I throw a lot of people off with it too because I do know some people that play it, but I feel like it's not that popular um, of a line. And I really love the positions I get with it. And I have a lot of success with that. So I would say that. And I know for we're talking about all levels for lower-rated players, it might be a little bit sharp, especially some lines. Um, but I think if you keep working at it and you just kind of start—I started with it probably when I was like fifteen hundred, and I've been using it up until today. So I definitely grew into it, and I love it.
0: It's—I think it's an amazing response. I mean, I actually bought this like King's Indian course on Chessable, uh, and there's like this recommendations for the four pawns attack or whatever. And uh, you think, oh, yeah, this is this is nothing. You have an easy response. And somehow, sometimes I get destroyed. Like, I think my win rate against the four pawns is like, and this is something that I've, like, studied. Like, I studied and I checked the course lines or whatever. And despite all that, despite all that work, I mean, I think my win rate online against the four pawns is, like, maybe 20% in, like, 25 <laughs> games or something like that, which is pretty bad. Um, Something I definitely need to work on. But, yeah, it's, it's really a really, really fun opening for white, I think. Maybe too fun when you're playing the King's Indian. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> well anyway davina thank you so much for coming on the show um yeah, you course. guys can check out davina um on twitch twitch.tv slash twitch let's go check the description below uh and uh give a follow subscribe uh new friend of the pod here you can also check out davina's podcast honest vibes only um uh, is there anything else that you want to you want to plug maybe twitter
1: uh yeah my twitter is at d.davina.dev. dev so it's a little bit different from the rest
0: <laughs> yeah well uh you know maybe that'll be your new uh your maybe your new twitch handle someday
1: yeah potentially i might go towards my name <laughs> was
0: your twitter handle? was that twitter handle twitch Less go taken
1: uh no it wasn't i think i i started off not intending to use it again for like chess twitter um so i just kind of used my name mm-hmm. for it and it kind of just stuck
0: gotcha well yeah thank you so much for coming thanks for spending time uh you know i'll make sure to uh to say hi next time i'm in your twitch chat um thanks everybody for listening to this episode of 64 chess podcast hope you enjoyed if you enjoyed please leave a review helps a lot with the algorithm and whatnot um check us out chessable.com slash 64 podcast you want to know some of my favorite courses queen d8 Scandinavian is in there by the way um what else is there oh yeah of course thank you chessball for sponsoring the podcast as always thank you to my patreon subscribers for uh for all the help. If you want to support the podcast financially, patreon.com slash sixty four podcast Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I've really appreciated all the support recently uh on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Twitter. Thanks so much for all the all the support. And uh yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.